this week, the world is still terrible, but thankfully wrestling wasn't so awful. We got a shockingly lively AEW Dynamite to discuss, plus news on the team formerly known as The Revival, and more on how wrestling companies are responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. Plus, Dark Side of the Ring covered Oscar's favorite cocaine hero, Herb Abrams. So we'll talk about that too, plus more tonight on Heel Alternative. <laughs> Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, May 6, 2020, and welcome to episode 29 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast and the interim official podcast of, well, I guess I already said it, Pro Wrestling.cool. It's not just cool, it's dot cool. We are here to discuss AEW and the wide world, oh, and NXT too, and the wide world of professional wrestling outside of Vince's purview. Heck of a show for y'all tonight, and let us not waste any more time. I am your host, John Gavrexky-Maxwell, joined as always by Oscar Bernard. What's up? And Trace Evans. What's up? How y'all doing on this White Claw Wednesday? Aside from (sighs) bringing back shit from the 90s. That was from 2000, thank you very much. Whatever, man. If that was like basically the nineties. Yeah. What, what are we gonna start doing the Budweiser frogs next? I mean I could. They're better than the Clydesdales. I call wise. I mean, with all this uh, White Claw Wednesdays, I just want you to know that I'm a jamming. And I hope you'll be a jamming the too. <laughs> I'm a jamming. Yeah. This is already off to a bad start. <laughs> I, it's White Claw Wednesday, folks. Is that and racist? I can't decide <laughs> if that's racist. No, that was part of the Budweiser Frogs thing. Then they started running out of steam. They did that fucking song. Wait, were the Budweiser oh, Frogs racist? Yeah, actually, they probably The Budweiser were. Frogs were definitely racist. I don't know. This is all before my time. Are we talking about racists? Because I think we got some stories to go down for that. Or maybe we don't. I don't know. Speaking of racism, this week surprisingly had very little of it in the world of wrestling. Jesus Jesus (laughs) fucking Christ. (laughs) I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start instituting the you can't drink on this show anymore rule if you're just gonna keep doing these fucking insufferable goddamn fucking segues. For what it's worth, I've only opened my white claw. I haven't had any white claw yet. I'm still totally sober right now. For what it's worth, I've been sober for two months. For what it's worth, let's move on to the first topic tonight. It's the rapid fire roundup. We're go- we're going to cover some some news stories from the past week in quick succession. Like, say for example, the the top story that we have here. Uh, yo, this morning, the thing that we kind of expected to happen but didn't know when it would happen finally happened. Yo, the fourteen formerly known as the Revival showed up on Talk Is Jericho. Of course they did. Said so, yeah. Talk about I mean, their uh, their leaving WWE and going out and being indie and all that stuff. Uh, did any either of y'all have a chance to listen to it? I no, read a summary of it. I listened to a little bit of it, but yeah, I listened to all but like the last ten minutes. And it just kind of trailed off for the, whatever reason. The only thing I heard that's an interesting plot point is them talking about how they basically were Dusty's favorite boys. Yeah, like, I, I don't think it's that surprising to hear it, but it's, it is was interesting to, to me to hear, you know, how much, like, 
Dusty basically was shepherding them and really cared about them and really wanted to see them, you know, succeed. And while also gearing them up to be like, hey, look, because of who you are and the fact that you're two southern boys with an accent, you're going to have to work even harder. Mm-hmm. And I will. I will also say, Cash Wheeler is a fucking awful name, but I respect how much Cash Wheeler is uh, committed to the name Cash Wheeler. Look, I'm into it. Cash Wheeler is better than Dax Hardwood. It is, but I don't know. Dax Hardwood is what I buy to actually wax my floors. Scott Dawson is not like a, that's a great name either. But Scott it's Dawson's a, a name. Scott Dawson, I would imagine, is probably like play, running 30th or 35th in a NASCAR race any weekend. Sure, okay. Scott I mean, Dawson anyway. was going to be a big college football player, but then he blew his knee out. Oh, you hate to see it. And then, yeah, I think, like, the other, the only other thing that was really interesting about this episode, I mean, not to say that, you know, the episode wasn't interesting, it was very, it was very fun, and, like, I really liked it, and I think that those guys are two, you know, interesting dudes to hear talk about, hear talk, and just, like, you know, give their perspective on things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, of, of big news, I think, you know, the only other thing that really stands out is, yeah, no, those leaked images of their last idea for them, totally true. Like, I'm going to just put it out there. Who do you think leaked those images? I bet it was one of those two. They, I mean, they said specifically on the, on the podcast, like, yeah, no, that, that wasn't us. That had to be someone from creative. The boys aren't leaking shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they'll tell you, but well, I mean, also from what I, you know, the thing that I felt that was more illuminating was they got their release, like, the day after the revival said, yeah, we'll do that, because clearly this was just meant to be a humiliation thing. Go figure. Yeah, weird. The biggest takeaway I have from this, though, is, and, like, again, it's focusing on the one thing I did hear. I really feel like they're going to lynch on, or not lynch, clinch onto that whole, um, we were, you know, Dusty's favorite in NXT thing to really put a point home that they're going to be trying because they're going to AEW. We all know they're going to AEW because they've got to. They, they've got so many feuds there and there's been so much talk about it for ages. And frankly, they're one of the best tag teams in the world. Where else are they going to go? Although Hear they do make it sound like they do want to like go around and do some things. Like they specifically t- name checked a bunch of teams that they want to name. They want to fight like, say, the Grills of Destiny. And the Briscoes. Well, it's and a good thing that, you the know, North. They, they probably have some time they could, before going directly to AEW, especially what, what's going on in the world. But they also have probably deals they can kind of break away and do that. Because AEW is complacent with, you know, like letting people go to New Japan and do shit. But more importantly, it's like, what better way to rile up Cody into a feud than saying Dusty liked this more than his own kids? Dusty let us eat homemade ice cream with him. Yeah. And you had to go outside and do that because he didn't want you making a mess of the carpet, Cody. Dusty named Dusty literally named me after you. Mm-hmm. I'm basically his son, Cody. Yeah, Cody. We don't even know where you got your name from. It probably was going to be named a dog eventually, but they had a kid instead, so they decided to name it Cody. It's it's really awkward. I'm I'm sorry you had to hear that. I did actually think that was really funny that. That the name Dash of Dash Wilder came from Dash, Dash and Cody, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, it's pretty good actually. It, it's 
It's, it's very sweet and very dusty to name someone that he likes after his own son. Mm-hmm. And I think Dusty would love nothing more for than for something like that to be used in a money feud. Like, that would, would just be warm a very his dusty heart. Move. It'd take it straight to the pay window, baby. <laughs> God, bicycle. <laughs> I mean, he, he, bought, he bought Dash more bicycles than he bought Cody. Jesus. What do you think? Who do you think that bicycle belonged to on Saturday night? Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, nah, just yeah, take my pro- kid's bicycle. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's probably I don't Cody's even give my bicycle. kid half the day. I mean, that's the thing is he was wondering where the kid went that was riding it. He was just like, damn, where did my son go? <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. Like, oh, dad, I'm even out back. Oh, that's too bad, baby. It's not for him. Just go back home. Stay with mommy. We didn't get kidnapped by Nick Patrick, baby. Oh, another time in Nick Patrick's van, baby. Daddy, oh, that's not a good ride. Jeez. No, this is. There's only two <laughs> other people we could talk about like that. <laughs> Tell me what high school you go to, daddy. <laughs> All right, this this is this bit is done. Yes, I'm trying speak, to run into speak, the ground. Speaking Look, of okay, people we being, can't, no, the revolt do not go. <laughs> The Revolt are not fans of pizza, okay? They are good southern boys who eat good down-home barbecue food. They don't go for your Rio's pizza, goddammit. They go to Cracker Barrel. I mean, look, you could definitely say that... Cracker Barrel is probably too ritzy. They go to Shoney's. You could definitely say it's a surprise that asking what high school you go to doesn't make you persona non grata. But speaking of people that are persona non grata... Trace, why do we let him talk? Why do we let him talk? I don't know. I don't know. But fucking hell, we have to take away his Segway license. Oh my god. We just have to. We we have to go fucking Little Mermaid on him. We have to fucking like find something that we can like dangle in front of him that he wants, like legs or some new legs or some shit, and trap his voice in a seashell that I just wear around my neck. I mean, I would like some new working knees. I was going to say either that or lungs. Like, we, can, we can probably figure something out here. <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop this. We'll figure this out. But while we're figuring this out, y'all, we should talk about, you know, a little bit before we go on into what happened in this week in wrestling with, of, uh, you know, just updates on the current situation and how certain companies are dealing with the pandemic. Uh, like, say, for example, uh, the fact that WWE has continued to so not want to talk Roman about Roman Reigns that they literally showed fucking footage from WrestleMania 31 where they re-edited it to make it seem like Seth Rollins pinned Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Wait, who's Roman Reigns? That's a good question. <laughs> oh my god, though, on, in all seriousness, that's... That I mean... Is... Yeah, if you haven't seen it from this week's Raw, you know, hyping up, like, their big Money in the Bank things and Money in the Bank cash-ins, they showed Seth Rollins cashing in on on the main event of WrestleMania 31. Mm-hmm. He curb stomps Brock Lesnar. Black screen. People counting a pin. Seth Rollins on the stage with the belt. You might as well have a clock in the background at this point. You know, just like, oh, wow, time is warping back and forth here. <laughs> and there's no footage here. Hmm. It's all fine. It's just the way they're putting the highlights together. No, Roman, no! 
<laughs> no, Roman, you make me. <sighs> I can't believe that Seth Rollins, the leader of the Shield, was just able to do all of these things by himself. Hey, he had help of his two other former Shield mates, Kurt Angle and Triple H. <laughs> Oh boy! Please, that's that's a really mean thing to say about about Jamie Noble and, and Joe Mercury. <laughs> okay, actually, that is shit. Yeah, if, if we're actually if we're gonna re- fucking retcon Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns out of history because yeah, you know it's JJ security is, now. Yeah, can can we just make the Shield JJ security? It it totally is. Oh God. I I can't believe that Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker and waited an entire year and moved arenas just to get cashed in on. Honestly, that does sound like a very Brock Lesnar thing. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah, actually it kind of does. We have no real point to this other than to say that, you know, A, WWE is petty as fuck and this is so stupid. But also, yeah, once again... Don't ever think that, like, you know, for as much as any company, and I'm going to keep this and say this about AEW, too, even though the, I will say that they did do a better job of it this week than, say, yes. other than say certain other companies have. Although, you know, I, I will say that there are other better things that they could be doing in, as far as some people go. Let's say a hangman page. Um, the point being... If you're not on the show, you can't guarantee, there's no guarantee here that they will ever actually, you know, be true to the fact that they're going to not let you lose your spot. Yeah, I appreciate that they called specifically out the Young Bucks and Hangman Page not being at Dynamite this week. I do too. And that they said it's because they're both trying to stay safe. The Young Bucks have young family members they're trying to protect, especially a newborn for Nick. So... They don't want to be around anybody and risk it. And Hangman Page is also trying to stay safe. Because I think and it's great that actually... Yeah. Yeah, and it's great that they're calling it out. I, I do agree with you there. But, mm-hmm. like, still, it is kind of bullshit that, like, some of the really coolest, most prominent people on the show, if you want to know what they're up to, you gotta watch Being the Elite. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I had to figure out what Fattest Maso was up to back in the day. Through being the elite, I mean, you know. At least, I mean, Fat Ass Masa isn't like a prominent wrestling character that we see on the Daily Show, though. The weekly yeah. show, rather. Yeah, I mean, but. But you know which companies are taking this seriously? No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you have your license removed. We didn't actually remove his license. Shit. Although the sad thing you is only actually... you only remove my license in uh, you only remove my license in the U- in the U.S. I'm still allowed to practice segways in Canada. God damn it. God damn it. God damn, fuck. The problem is that that actually was a pretty good segue because, yeah, yeah it was. like, in contrast to WWE, we should talk about the fact that, like, you know, and also in contrast to, say, AEW, mm-hmm. Ring of Honor and New Japan continue to be, like, actually the only two real, like, you know, the only two big companies taking this seriously. I uh, want yeah. I, I want to throw Impact in on this as well, if you... Uh, I'm a little hesitant. No, to do that. I'm not going to throw impact in on this because they're not taking this seriously by the fact that they keep running shows. Taped shows are still shows. I mean, I I do think though they're can- they've canceled a lot of shows, and I do want to call out. I do want to call out the fact that Ethan Page pointed out that Impact is paying everyone that is not working these shows as if they did work the show. 
which is good, and I, I do appreciate that, and I think that that's a good thing. But also, hey, so is so is Ring of Honor, as we know. Like it, that's mm-hmm. come out that they paid people for those shows that didn't happen, as if they were they happened. <clears throat> Meanwhile, mm-hmm. they're also being proactive and saying, "Hey, we're going to take this seriously to the fact that like all their shows through June are canceled." And they are so hard. wanting to protect the talent and so wanting to protect people that they are saying, no, we're going to take this on the chin and we are going to make sure that we are not endangering anyone until that we can safely say that we can protect our talent. So I'm really curious who's actually, if they have enough cash that they can hold on to that's been in the accounts that they can just do this on their own without worry and keep kind of going for a while afterwards. Or if it's, you know, Somebody else to write in the check, be it Bushy Road or um, St. Clair. Clair, which would I, I'd be very hesitant to say St. Clair, given how conservative they are and how the talking message these days is get everybody back to work. But um, I could see Bushy Road financing this to try and keep everybody related to New Japan uh, stable. Yeah, and and meanwhile, New Japan has completely canceled the best of Super Juniors tournament. Yep. The whole thing is done. Yep. Not happening. And, so I believe, I didn't really read it entirely, but I think um, Hiromu uh, has already come out and said basically he's the champion still of I best mean, of Super Juniors. Yeah, is anyone going to argue that? Yeah, I think he's gone and declared himself either that or... I've, he's he the may... IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. That literally makes him mm. the best Super Junior. Yeah, so either that or, uh, sorry, I can't do the tournament. I'd love to participate, but I'd like to think it was him saying, uh, hi, I win, I, I'm going to you know, be the champion the best. I challenge nobody right now. We all need to stay home. Moto, 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 moto. And I mean, the thing is, is that you could probably turn this into an angle once this is all safe to go back to work, where all you need is some heel to declare that, and then the face says, well, no, you're not. There was no tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's very much something you do. You can make great angles out of this when it's safe to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, again, kudos to Ring of Honor surprises me a lot that they're doing it this. It really does. Um, New Japan I'm also very happy about. I, I would expect this kind of, like, integrity from them. And This honestly surprises me about every company. You know, like, I, I would have thought... It, only because I would have thought that it's like AEW really would have... If AEW wasn't doing it, and they're the ones that I would have thought would want the best PR out of it. So, hear me out in this thought. I'm wondering, and this is why I think Bushi Road might be pushing um, checks towards Ring of Honor to help keep them afloat and stable, especially if St. Clair wouldn't do that shit. Just because you know New Japan really doesn't want to have to make their main American agreement be with AEW. Yeah. And if they run out of, if Ring of Honor runs out of money because they can't run events anymore, then they're gone. And there's only one organization New Japan can work with. That yep, doesn't and they really them. can't, and especially with everything going on, they really can't afford to keep investing in America right now. No, absolutely not. So the best thing to do is just keep the very light ROH payroll afloat. And I mean, slight conspiracy time. Mm-hmm. Do you th- or not conspiracy time, but bro, speculation time. Do you think New Japan would team up with WWE just to hurt AEW? No. No. Like, I, I think it's a... I can understand where you're coming from with that, but I think everybody in Japan is too concerned about what WWE would do if they moved in 
seeing firsthand what has happened to UK wrestling and having people from there who have been over in Japan basically telling them, stay the fuck away. Like, UK has been decimated by WWE. Sure has. I think, Although, I think New Japan knows enough not to trust working with WWE at all. Yeah, and also Japan is really good at kind of being a bit jingoistic about its uh, its own country and stuff like that. A word? Know, yeah, I know. Like, wow, really reaching statement here. Um, but, I mean, by the same token, it's like they know what WWE will do if they let them in. So it's like, no, we are number one. We are the best wrestling organization, even if that's not true. We're going to make all our decisions as if we are still the number one, which means don't look upwards. Indeed. So, yeah, more in the story as it develops, but also, literally, as you said, like, you know, you don't... New Japan is going to have to do this by themselves because, like, you don't partner with WWE. Like, they don't want to partner with you. They want to control you and keep you under under their thumb and then, you know, destroy you. The only way that you can do it is to try and beat them at their own game, as we saw this week on Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> Fuck you, I was just going to make that segue. too, Oscar. I had that exact segue in my mind, you motherfucker. Boom. Fuck you. Masterful. Dark side of the ring this week. Oscar, this is your moment. Go to town. Tell me all about Herb Abrams. So, dark side of the ring this week. I we, We've talked a little bit on the show and a lot off the show. Herb Abrams is a figure that I am fascinated by. But I will also admit, someone that I kind of mostly only knew from a lot of the urban legends, and I did not expect this episode to be as emotionally heartbreaking as it was. Um, it really did blow blow me away how much people genuinely loved this man. Like, still broken up about his death like 25 years later. There is a part of me that believes that like if he did not die... A lot of these people might still be working for him if they could. Yeah. If if he could possibly be running a wrestling company, which I kind of find unlikely, but who knows? I mean, Mick Foley's comment at the end made me laugh a lot. Yes, no, I completely agree with Mick Foley that if Herb Abrams was alive today, he would 100% be in jail for tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they basically... Um, the Herb Abrams story, he's this wrestling fan, I think multi-millionaire, who... It's the story, you know, the thing that was very interesting here is that, like, a lot of the Herb Abrams story does seem to be lost in, like, urban legend and myth, and people not really sure about, like, his his past and like how he died and all of these things like hearing that was the thing that really did stick out to me is like everybody seemed to have a different story about what Herb Abrams, who he was and where he got his money. It was almost like, I I want to put this in the notes here. He's kind of like cocaine. Tommy Wiseau (laughs) for wrestling. I was going to say, you need to say for wrestling because I thought cocaine. Tommy Wiseau would also be like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, Koki Tommy Wiseau, if Tommy Wiseau was really into wrestling instead of Jimmy De- James Dean. But yeah, fair. regardless, so, the, the story that it does seem to settle on is that he did make his money from running a uh, a, a women's clothing store that, that specialized in uh, 
plus, plus size, size women. Yeah. Okay, this actually sounds like a really profitable venture if it uh, gets the right uh, attachment. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, he was a total mark who just loved wrestling and had a whole ton of money from other ventures and decided, yo, what if I built my own wrestling company and tried to take on WWE? Mm-hmm. Well, at first, it should be pointed out, he wanted to work with WWE. And then. It's true. And then his whole ethos of. He just, he had a meeting with Vince. Is like, okay, you promote the East and I'll promote you in the West. And then Vince blew him off and he made it his mission to destroy Vince. Which, you know what? That's a, that's a noble mission. It's a very cocaine move also. Yes. Um, my favorite part was them telling the story of the belt and how when he would hold (laughs) it, you would only see the F and the use and it would be a fuck you to Vince. (laughs) My my favorite part is when the guy was he talking about... He designed the belt himself! <laughs> my favorite part is the guy talking about his first meeting with Herb Abrams, where Herb Abrams books him this luxury hotel room in L.A. and then sends up two hookers to it. And then Herb and then Abrams shows, sh- shows yeah. up with a bunch of coke. And from what I understand, fucked the hookers in front of this guy... Who's yeah. just sitting there thinking, there's a lot of illegal stuff going on right now. I don't know what's. I don't know where I am. The hotel room is in my name. I'm gonna go to jail. Yep, I mean, I'm just like, gonna. I'm just gonna stand here and watch. I guess. This is '80s business to like a T. At least if Miami Vice told me anything. Also, the fact that Herb Abrams, the one thing he never took off was his cowboy boots. He had Damn. ostrich boots with he, UWF written on them. And, but yeah, he, he forms this company and then gets a rather impressive roster of talent. For, and it seems like got that roster of talent going to a wrestling convention and being like, hey, do you want to work? That's but also, like, in addition... Promoted Bruiser Brody as his top star, despite Bruiser Brody having been murdered a year earlier. Don't forget, also promoted Blackjack Mulligan as his head booker, despite Blackjack Mulligan being in jail. To be fair, I could that one I could still believe Blackjack Mulligan might be the head booker from jail. Fair enough. Um, but you know, they there's a couple things you know, but in terms of like roster of talent, like probably. You know, they had, like, Snooka, uh, Dr. Death, Cactus Jack, and, like, you know, they Dr. Death... Andre. Yeah, they signed Andre for one... for They signed Andre for a multi-year deal, but then Vince called up and Andre was back the next week. Weird. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of... You know, my mother raised an interesting point, and I'm sure I'm not the only one... That saw, I'm sure she's not the only one that saw this because I know that you mentioned it in the notes here. This sounds very familiar, doesn't it? It sure does. It's hard not to think about another man who is very hyper, maybe not because of cocaine, but we do know that he loves candy and sugary treats, yep. who is a fount of wrestling knowledge and very rich and decided, hey, what if I started my own wrestling company and got yep. a bunch of big stars from the 
from the competition. The thing is here, it's uh, it sounds like there's a lot less cocaine involved. Maybe more dog dick. We'll not get into that. <laughs> Definitely um, a lot less cocaine. But and we know where his money came from. It came from the auto industry. Yeah. Because I mean, his... granted, we also seemingly know where Herb Abrams' money came from. As you know, yeah. the boys didn't, but we do now. I feel like I feel like you know the impression I get is that. At least as far as a lot of his origin, Herb Abrams definitely seems like the kind of guy that would build up his own legend to the yeah. boys. in Because, the, so there's a couple things they didn't really talk about about Herb Abrams that I, and the UWF that I do think are quite fascinating. One, Herb Abrams was the first on-screen evil authority figure in wrestling history, almost definitely. Huh. Cause, yeah, I really think of that. Yeah, because he, yeah, okay. in 1990, I think in 1990, he was doing the Mr. Electricity gimmick. And here on the, on the stream. Yeah, like, you know, he was, de- but he was one of the first, he was one of, if, if not almost definitely the first evil heel authority figure, like I mean, six years, to- be- six years before Eric Bischoff was doing it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like. I think overtly evil would probably be the key there. Like you could say, like, or I like, think the key, or or I think someone that was the actual owner of the company. Right, right. But I mean, yeah, no, that that checks as far as I can think of. Like, I don't remember anything before then because usually they tried not to surface the owners before then, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but there was also uh, there was a match. There was a match that happened. I believe it was Steve Ray versus B. Brian Blair. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure, but I know Steve Ray was involved. And that match is sort of infamous because after the match, because apparently Steve Ray had caught Herb Abrams cheating, cheating uh, with his, with Steve Ray's wife. And so after the match, after the match, um, Steve Ray. Steve Ray, the one that was like crying over him in the end. Yeah. After the match, Steve Ray punches punches Herb Abrams like re- gives him a really stiff punch. But the thing is, though, is this whole thing was a total work. But it was also <laughs> working the boys in the back. <laughs> Because it was basically his way of feeling like, well, this is a face versus face TV main event. How do I add any sort of intrigue to this? And so after the match, he just tells Steve Ray, he's like, I need you to, I need you to give me a really stiff punch. I mean, if you've got owner that says that, it's like, that's a confidence builder right there. Mm-hmm. But it's just like... a hell of a drug, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like there's a lot there where I feel like he intentionally obscures his own backstory and stuff because he probably gets a little, you know, again, very Eric Bischoff almost. And again, also very plays plays very well into the fact that like literally seemingly no one knows how he died. Yeah. There were like five different stories from people on how he died. Or if he's dead. I was going to say, that begs the question, is he actually dead or is he in hiding, maybe? 
It's true. One person does claim that someone came up to him who <laughs> was 100% fucking Herb Abrams. I mean, I mean like, you know, and we kind of mentioned as well the um, the yellow ostrich skin cowboy boots. Yes. Where he had bought those cowboy boots. Was this at the MGM Grand? This was when he booked show at the MGM Grand for his big relaunch of the UWF. Huh. Yeah. He, yeah. He, huh. he, he booked the MGM Grand because, as they kind of say, it's like, yeah, Vegas is the city of second chances. Huh. Huh. And... It's almost like he was taking a big gamble on doing a wrestling show. Well, you know, sometimes when you have one success, you need to go double or nothing. <laughs> huh. Huh. But, you know, so he buys he buys these custom-made yellow ostrich shin cowboy boots, and he's just like, this is going to freak out everybody in the crowd, and he's very clearly coked up. And then there are only 300 people in the crowd. Yep. Well, there's where the paths diverge, don't they? <laughs> Indeed. Whoops, it's easy. I mean, in, in fairness, I mean, we're obviously making references because it sounds an awful lot like Tony Khan, who is a super fan of wrestling and for many, many years, at least 10 years, has wanted to build a wrestling company of his own. I really do wonder if he's seen this episode and what he thinks about it. So... Here's my take on this immediately. Like, Tony Khan could have easily been Herb Abrams if he hadn't struck lightning with finding a bunch of people whose contracts were expiring at the exact same time who were legitimately top-tier talent that were on the verge of going to WWE. I think beyond really I think even go. beyond that though, he struck perfectly with the timing of there being no competition and people being the most fed up with WWE. You know, like, yeah, exactly. 1989, WWF was still the hottest shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they were Ultimate Warriors blowing up. Like, Hogan was still huge. Like, yep. Savage was still huge. They still had a ton of fucking talent there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could make a story very plausibly that if he doesn't get the guys out of New Japan, and they all go to WWF, or WWE, actually, I'm sorry, um, and he is left with, like, the dregs of whoever gets Future Endeavored in, like, a big wave... Then we don't have AEW. We have World's Best Wrestling featuring a bunch of people who probably could have gone Impact but decided to take money off Tony Khan. And you have a colossal failure at the MGM Cran that draws 200 people. Yeah. I mean, it's true. And, you know, World's Best or WBW Dynamite doesn't take off at all. It's, 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 it's a plausible story because literally the only reason we don't get that is because he found just the perfect amount of people, and he found people that are willing to work with him say, no, that shit sucks. You know, we're the elite. Use mm-hmm. elite. Use this branding. Try something better than what you're doing. And he's found, I think he's found enough people who are willing to point him in the right direction beyond his uh, completely sugar-driven um, wrestling knowledge. So, I think it's like, if you even think about it that way, like, you get the right scenario for Herb Abrams, where he could have struck lightning. Can you imagine if we had UWF taken off like that, too? It's completely... Yeah. The, the, I think the real message there is, like, the timing is everything, and it's very much luck-based in some cases. Like, like seriously imagine a, a fucking 
company built around Cactus Jack in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, a company mm-hmm. built around Mick Foley. And would have been fucking awesome. It would have been great. It would have been a case where, like, he becomes, like, what Sting became for WCW, which is, like, the one guy who WWE didn't get because mm-hmm. he went with the other company and became their main star. And not just then, not just Cactus Jack, though. You know, Cactus Jack and Dr. Death. Yeah, actually true. Yeah, and so that would probably driven JR over to UWF or something like that, potentially, mm-hmm. at some point. There's things like that that just, like, if you catch the right lightning, the right timing, the right luck, it's really interesting to imagine how differently things could have been. And it is, that's just fascinating to me. Um, I do kind of want to try those wrestler cookies, though. Gotta say, Oscar. I mean, look. It's the Herbie cookie. I want to know what bitch. the Herbie cookie tastes like. Coke. I was going to say. I, he literally had a white dog named Cokie. <laughs> when do you think he named it? What state do you think he was in when he named the dog Cokie? Oh, he named the oh, dog Koki because he found the dog in his pile of coke. <laughs> down, boy. Down. Ooh, you're a little over there, buddy. And, you know, like... Good-ass episode. It, this was less funny than I thought the episode would be. Like, I was definitely expecting a much goofier episode. But holy shit, this episode was like... This is like the first Dark Side of the Ring since the Von Eric one that actually made me like cry. Yeah, because again, it's just it's so incredibly touching how much people just loved this man and so believed in this man, even when he was doing shit like bouncing checks on everyone. It's like it's it's so strange to me to think about it. How yeah, again, it's like you have this this guy who I guess maybe because he died and because he kept trying and all these things and kept trying to relaunch and all this stuff that like he does kind of have that Paul Heyman-esque like mystique to him of just like mm-hmm. yeah. People will fucking follow him to the to hell and back even when he fucks them over every single time. You just reminded me immediately by saying that of the old Dudley Boys story where they were getting, you know, offers from the WWF and they went to Paul Heyman and said, we will work for you if you offer me one dollar that will not bounce. And Paul couldn't do it. But they that's how willing they were to stay with him. Like that just sounds yeah. like the same deal here. It's 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 amazing. It's a wild episode. Y'all should watch it. it. Definitely watch it, yeah. Trace. It's really good. Oh, I'm going to watch it now. Like, this is it, this is supremely interesting because, like, again, I think it's amazing to think about how, where we've gone with everything. Like, you could even say so far, and this is just me going wildly into the AEW territory again. The only person I think who initially accepted Tony Khan's talks was Brandy Rhodes. Like, even Cody was kind of, like, suspicious of him. Hmm. And it's like, if that, if that hadn't happened, if she hadn't entertained his ideas and, you know heard him out for Cody then AEW doesn't happen and ROH just continues to rise with New Japan and WWE has Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Double or Nothing kicks off with Tony Khan yelling let's hear it for the Jews on that note please sir this is a dog show (laughs) (laughs) alright let's move on to talking about 
this week in the world of Wednesday wrestling. But does anyone care? You know, John, kind of. This week was surprisingly interesting. Um, although I'm going to put a wrap around all this right now because I was a little bothered by everything being live. Yep, very yep. bothered by everything being live. How is it? How is it that like literally fucking like NXT is has the moral high ground this week by being taped? I fucking hate it. And also, what I really, really hate is if either company, NXT or AEW, gets anybody in the next three weeks that comes down with coronavirus, they're going to show clips of dynamite from this week and say they didn't do anything right. They should have known better. Yep. Sure are. Even, even NXT, they're going to throw AEW under the bus for them because, you know, they're the ones showing off being way too close. Media's going to latch onto that. It's embarrassing. Trace, I said it was, by the way. Mm-hmm. Lambasting your company for being live is called a reverse Bischoff. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm you just going to ignore news. that and continue with my breaking news here. <laughs> uh, Wrestle Dynasty is officially postponed until 2021. Okay, that makes sense. Wrestle Dynasty being the New Japan uh, MSG show. That's right. The Madison Square Garden show that was uh, supposed to take place during SummerSlam weekend. Well, you know what? Um, In August. Next year, that gives another opportunity for Will Ospreay to challenge CM Punk to a match. If Hooray! And it, Kingdom, gives, you know? uh, and it gives fans just long enough to forget about the Enzo thing. For them to finally do it right. Oh, man. God damn it. Just don't. Like, why do we let, again, why do we let him talk? I, I know Tamatonga is good with Enzo now, but still, no, no, no. You no, let no. me talk because I pay you twenty bucks a month for this. You don't pay yeah. me. That take that up with Owen. NXT this week. I didn't <laughs> watch, but I have two interesting points. Um, so do you know more about I, NXT than I do? Well, actually, so I know one I thing because my... I mean, let's be honest. I I did have to know. Mm-hmm. What school the the champion goes to? You you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! Trace, how does it feel being uh, Pro Wrestling Cool's new NXT editor? Well, I'll tell you what it's like. It's me going to Twitter.com/slash/WWE and looking at whatever clips they have there, and just then going to YouTube. And it's like, do you have any like minute and a half clips of anything? And I'll tell you what, they had clips of the debut of the no longer Killer Cross. But his name is now Carrion Cross. Still don't um, like it. Did you know that like Carrion is killer spelled backwards? It, I, that's absolutely right, Mike Tenet. Um And I will say, I think they would have done a better job just dropping the first name like WWE usually does and just call him Cross or even Mr. Cross because that's whole professional thing. Um, and it would give him like a Bond villain vibe. But... They Cross have... on its own is a dumb fucking name. Oh, it sure is. I mean, Killer Cross on its own is a really dumb fucking name. But the man has done... It's it catchy, also, though. It calls back to, like, Killer Kowalski or something. Yeah. I don't hate Carrion Cross. I don't hate it. It's, it's a lot... It's not good. Yeah, It's a lot exactly. better than... Uh, th- it's a lot better than all of the NXT random name generator names we've been getting. I yeah, mean, for sure. yeah, look, you don't have to try to be better than Isaiah Scott, but... It's it's no walking it wild, I'll give it that. But the main thing here is, like, what I've been really high wild? on... I've been high on Cross since I saw him in person at Defy. 
Like, the guy is magical on the ring in some very strange ways. Like, he self-professes that he tries to make wrestling matches different than the usual stuff you see. And in that regard, I'm very interested to see that WWE doesn't break him down and force that to cease being the case with him like they do with pretty much everybody else. You know they will! They will eventually, but at least for this intro, um, he had a fucking interesting debut i will say i won't know if it's good or bad i'm still weighing it um i feel like i don't want them i feel like i don't want to see them do this every single time this is way too extreme for like this to always be his entrance but for the first time he ever comes out this fucking ruled yeah so he's paired up with his wife scarlett bordeaux now just known as scarlett and she basically sings his damn entrance, which is this very, very haunting tune. She's Tai Chi, but a basically naked lady! Yeah, so she's basically like Miho Abe, except doing the Tai Chi thing, lip-syncing this tune, and it's Please, all Miho is way more class than this. Yeah, true. This was very not classy, as Scarlett Bordeaux was wont to do. And then... With all this fog around, with all this black and white, he just rises out, basically, walks out, you know, arms crossed like Killer Cross does. And then it's all about, you know, what is it, rise and fall? I don't even know what it is that they're screaming, but I'll have to look again. Something. They're screaming something. There is. It, it's, it's fall and pray. Fall and pray, right. Fall and pray. And she starts screaming, and then the lights just start going red and orange. It's going absolutely nuts and Everything's picking up intensity. It's a fucking mind trip, and I love it. It was like really this is cool. like it's no Io Shirai shit, but it's it's like seventy to eighty percent there. And I I just I'm I have nothing to add about the match. The match was a squash, and I just say keep an eye on him if you're it, watching. It, it had quite literally Leo Rush's non-union replacement. Yes, Leo Rush. Hey. That's you be nice to the former Evolve Tag Team Champion. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. He um, gets to hang. He gets to be friends with Ar Fox because Ar Fox doesn't get to be a real wrestler for reasons we won't talk about. He died on the way back to his home planet. We know that. You, we know this. We know what happened to Ar Fox, the poor lad. We we don't. We know. He 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 fell and he. Didn't pray enough. He fell into this <laughs> into this man with his, with his penis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway. Anyways. Um, also, note speak, I to make. speaking of people that make bad decisions with with their genitals. Yeah, as if uh, you didn't. <laughs> That's know a already. worse segue than anything I've said on the history of this show. I'm just going to make this real quick. Adam Cole, of course, retained the belt. He's still your NXT champion because, unlike Velveteen Dream, he doesn't ask little girls what high school they go to. Baby. Boom. No, he's just asked them, what dental school do you go to? You know what? That's fair. They're older then. That's legal. (laughs) 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 I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. By the time you get to that point, you're definitely old enough. Don't ask. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It could be Doogie Hauser. Shit. 
Can we get an H check on Britt Baker, please? <laughs> oh, shit. We might have just cracked the code here. We might have found the, owned the entrance to Rio's Pizzeria all along. Speaking of uh, the show where Britt Baker's on. No. I was about to say more in this news as it develops. Um, There's one other no, thing I want to talk about from NXT that isn't on here. Okay. I guess he owes to rise a babyface again? I don't know. I'm confused at the, what the fuck happened there. But yeah, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai are feuding, and I guess Charlotte's going to stand back with the belt or something. Well, Charlotte got Io got her her uh, championship match against Charlotte yeah. uh, that she yep. won at the you know the takeover the takeover USA show, and uh, Charlotte got herself DQ'd by hitting well, Io with a kendo she- stick. Yep, so I and, guess uh, Io's a babyface now, except not really, because I, she's going to go fight Rhea Ripley, because Rhea Ripley's back? Yeah, this is all an excuse to keep Charlotte away from the NXT roster for a while. It's it's stupid. I fucking hate it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Give Io Shirai the belt and make her the hotline Miami champion of forever. God damn it. Or just let Io go back to Shimmer. Or that, yeah, that'd be fine. You know be what? a lot happier there. Honestly, just let her go somewhere where she can do cool shit. Or maybe show up on AEW, but, like, I, I Let her kinda... take this theme song. Yeah, it's just, can she buy her theme song from them? Cause I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. Still... This theme song is not that hard to rip off. That's true, but this version of it's really good. And you could probably just redo it somehow, but still, it's just... The sirens, the text... Everything's perfect. Yep. Yes. It's just so perfect. It, it's she just so needs perfect. To get that whole thing. Yeah, I don't ever watch her in another entrance again. It just needs to be this. Indeed. So, but anyway, that's let's NXT. Let's talk about AEW. Because we actually Dynamite. watched AEW. I, did. I didn't just look at Twitter and YouTube for Dynamite. I actually watched it on online channel. I will say I did have some trepidation about watching it because I am bothered about them being live, but I went, you know what? I I do want to see what they're doing. And as angry as I still am at them for fucking throwing away three weeks worth of film television just so they could fucking do a live show, I do have to say it was a lot livelier and a lot more interesting and entertaining than the past month of television's been. I say it was, but... Here's my big caveat on this. Other than the main event, every single match on this card was something you could have written down, looked at for like three seconds, and figured out the outcome, and maybe only halfway been plausibly interested in the uh, the journey to that destination. Yeah, perhaps. So, it's cool, but same token, like... It feels like they're just making more noise with more crowd that is ignoring social distancing and things of that nature. I'm, I was happy with this episode. I enjoyed it far more than I've enjoyed the last couple weeks. But I just, I'm a little, I'm kind of at this point with every bit of this that I'm just waiting for three weeks for something horrible to happen, somebody yep. to get very sick or die, and yep, it's going to crash cool. every state that is having this issue, every business that stupidly decided to reopen and cause this, and basically fuck us over, even worse than we already fucked over all staying at home, trying to work from home on a shitty laptop or something of that nature. Indeed. Just to be clear here, my saying that it is a better hour, 
two hours of television, which it was, does not mean that they should have done this. Exactly. Like, yep. you could have taken a break doing continually shitty shows repeatedly for the remainder of the year because it's probably how long it's going to take for us to finally get our shit together and get a vaccine out there, if not longer, probably longer. But, and the return would still be ecstatic. You're not going to kill AEW over this because everything's dying over this. And in fact, it seems like AEW's ratings have stayed relatively solid, all things considered. They're They're down the low end. They're definitely on the low end of where they've been, but they've been kind of stable. They're on the low end. They're stable. But furthermore, the low end is still the target that TNT was looking for, the 600K. Yeah. Yeah. So they're achieving goals doing shit. Yeah. And and remember that, like, yeah, like 500,000 was what TNT wanted for the Dynamite premiere. So mm -hmm. they probably expected that regular weeks were going to be less than that. They're still doing Mm -hmm. okay. Now, granted, obviously those expectations have probably changed a lot with the new contract that they have with them, but still, they've been doing okay, all things considered, for a a show that's only been on the air for like six months. Given that TNT is trying to put a lot of original series out there that I'm sure have been kind of scuppered by the whole thing breaking out and causing productions, problems for studios and things of that nature... I bet they're very happy that something out there is able to do some sort of live production. Yeah. Go on, Oscar. I'm sorry. No, I was kind of going to raise the same point. Yeah, it's just like, it seems like it's going to be fine. I just... Uh, I, I Again, I have no... I wish they would coast a bit more. Like, when the fans come back, everything that's going to happen reacting to the wrestlers and seeing who really is over with an actual crowd is going to be tremendous, monumental. And that goes through NXT as well. Like, I think you're going to have some fervor with the fans that is going to be, like, drive up interest significantly, if maybe only temporarily. So, that said, um, some interesting matches on this card, especially the final one, but let's just go through here with a do you care questionnaire. How about that, folks? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Starting off with... Joey Janela and Cody fought. Do you care? I forgot I this match happened right. already. I yeah, thought it was, it was all right, right but like honestly, the thing that most stuck out to me about this match was Joey Janela's stupid dick tassels. Yeah, he did have some interesting gear, and naturally, it was a twenty-minute hot open. It wasn't that hot. Cody won, of course, because he's going for the TNT Championship. That's all there really to say about that. It was good. It was, it was a good match. It wasn't bad. I, I'll go so far to say every match on this card was not bad. And I. This will was stand a perfectly cromulent two hours yes. of television. Extremely cromulent. You're absolutely right, Oscar. In fact, the next moment, I. Well, let's just get into this question. Nada Rose fought a young jobber. Do you care? It's nice to I see Nada Rose. I don't care yeah. about the. Kimberly Page or whatever her name is. Yeah, her, let me get her name real quick here because I have her. My, my favorite Nitro Kenzie girl. Page. Um, Kenzie Page, who actually I will stand up for her and say she did a decent job for a wrestler who's only like uh, I think they said eighteen years old, maybe sixteen. They did say eighteen. Eighteen. So okay, and apparently has been wrestling underage um, since she was fourteen or so. Um, so, but being a wrestler. 
yeah, basically being a typical wrestler, sneaking in when you're not supposed to and learning. Um, she did a pretty good job selling as a jobber. I thought she did some smart things that maybe were good for selling. And, like, one of the things that I really get grumpy about is when somebody tries one of those, you know, pull the person down to get them into a roll-up pin. They just kind of stop there and wait to get pulled up or reversed on or something like that. And she's actually trying to yank it, nylon, and pull her down into a pin. Like, absolutely with all her force and can't. And... Again, little things like that I think were good. Um, she, she's a freaking jobber, though, of course. So she got her ass kicked, um, thrown around. Nyla Rose cut a really good promo before then saying, Oh, great, you finally got me a video package. Well, that's nice. You haven't been doing that for weeks. So, Tony, why don't you sit your ass down and do your job and actually cover my matches for once and watch me do my job. And then she did that. So Nyla Rose is cool. I will say you saying it like that sounded a lot better than I remember Nyla saying it in my mind because all that sticks out to me was just her her doing the, the whack-ass eh, wrong! <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fair. She she jumped on that a little too early. I think she had a speech rehearsed in her head and she didn't know... She thought she knew how Tony was going to respond and she was wrong. So, just Nyla, work out the people you're going to work with and talk to them first and See if you can get a, like a legit response before you just assume. Also, just don't just, do that. That bit. That bit is whack. That bit has been yeah. whack for twenty years. Yeah, just you know, maybe maybe just yell and be angry because you're really good at that, and it's awesome when you are. Indeed, I like Nyla. She, she's yeah. very cool. Yeah, because other than that moment, I will say, like, I now that I'm remembering that promo, it's like, yeah, like Nyla's just got like a really good delivery. Like mm-hmm. the way she she just feels different and cool. She feels like she's legitimately pissed off that nobody is paying attention to her, which is accurate. Fair enough. So, yeah. Um, again, I just I, I hope she keeps this up because she's finally starting to trend upward in her terms of her skill, and that's always good because she does have the freaking title. Moving on, MGF cut a promo. Do you care? This what the fuck good. was this green screen? This is a fucking weird thing. So, he's supposed to be in a high-rise condo, but it's very obvious from the get-go because of the way the camera was positioned and the way it just didn't jive with the background that he's on a green screen in a chair. This, um, this was not okay. But the the speech itself was fine. It was just him basically saying, yeah, y'all are trying to compare me to people old, but I can sit back and I don't have to wrestle day in and day out to prove myself because I know I'm the best and I can go sit my ass down, watch old school wrestling, and learn some things, then come back and do what I do best. Which is basically be a gigantic asshole. He sat in a chair, and then mm-hmm. he had a man replace his chair with a throne. Which is, again, weird, because that was totally a green screen, and I don't know where they're like, walking to or from, but the... It's, this... what, do you know, you realize that you're walking into what appears to be a window on this, right? Yeah, the scale ain't right here, dog. Um, it... Other than that, it's like, it was an okay promo, just that jarred too much away from it. It's like, you could have cut this anywhere. I feel like this had to be a bit, but I don't understand what the bit was. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is more something you'd expect to see the best friends do. And it would make sense with them. With uh, MJF, not so much. Again, it's honestly like... I, I hate to make this comparison, but, like, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me in some way of how I felt, like, 
watching watching Vince on the Triple H 25th anniversary SmackDown bit of I understand that like I feel like this is supposed to be intentional and this is supposed to be comedy but I'm not sure that the people who are making it really understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I just hope they don't do this again. I just like again it doesn't work for MGF. Like just Keep him as real as possible, even if it means filming him backstage somewhere or in a ship position. He doesn't need to be in high-rise mansions all the time. Just do what you um, did last time. He had, you've put him up against a boring background and say that he's at his rat's house. Yep, exactly. Or, you know what? They're at Daly's Place. It's right by Suites in, you know, Jacksonville by their football stadium. I'm sure one of those suites looks very professional if you sit him up there. Just fucking do that. But anyway, so he's doing that. Also, they talked to him afterwards. He cut some shit with Tony. It was nice. It was funny. Um, Sean Spears tried slipping Tony money, and everybody ignored social distancing as they did this entire fucking episode. And then MGF got pissed off that he's fighting Jungle Boy at Double or Not. Don't worry. Jake Jake the Snake wore a mask. It's fine. Yeah, and and, let's get into that soon. But let me just say right now, Jake the Snake wears a mask at the ring, probably because Diamond Dallas Page wanted him to. Then mid-match, while sitting down, Puts his face or puts his hand right over the middle of his face and pulls the mask down, and just starts. You know, so you can you can see his facial expressions. Number one, that's not how you pull a mask down. That's unsanitary. That's actually really bad. Um, and number two, well now if you're asymptomatic, you're, you're just you're fucking everybody within like a couple feet of you now, dude. What the fuck? So bad all around for that, Jake. Come on. You're better than this. DDP's going to yell at you. But that said, we'll get a little bit more into that and yelling at Jake the Snake in a minute. Frankie Kazarian and John Moxley fought. Do you care? Nah. I wish I cared, but meh. Frankie Kazarian is a perfectly fine wrestler, but you knew how this was going to go because Frankie Kazarian is not going to win a non-title match against John Moxley. So Hot John take. won eventually. Frankie he's also Kazarian not going to win is... title match against John Moxley. Let's be honest. Oh, no, that's for damn sure. Yeah, he's the third uh, best member of SCU. Yeah, I agree. And uh, after the match, we got the actual point of this whole thing. The Dark Order came out and attacked the hell out of John Moxley. All the creepers, ten. Ten um, was there. The Beaver Boys were kind of watching from the back um, in dress shirts. Evil Uno, then, go. Evil Uno's in Canada right now. And he's streaming on Twitch, and he's actually a good streamer on Twitch. I'm going to put this out there. Evil Uno's Canadian? Yeah. Yeah, Evil, Yeah, he uh, talks about it on his uh, Twitch streams. He uh, is in Canada staying safe with his wife. Well, damn, learn something new every day. Yeah, uh, he, I legitimately like his streams when I'm able to watch him. Um, he's, he's a cool dude. Um, very kind, and he puts up with a lot of dumb shit from bad wrestling chatters, trying to kayfabe him all the time with stupid-ass questions on his Twitch stream. If I, if I, mean, I were in his case, I'd be banning them all and then telling him to join the Dark Order. I mean, in fairness, I did watch a little bit of his Streets of Rage 4 stream. It was kind of like, you know, I wish mm-hmm. he was kayfabing this more. I wish he was playing more into the fact that he's evil Uno. And not just like, yeah, I'm a guy! I'm wearing my wrestling mask so you don't see my real face, because, you know... Mm-hmm. It would be funny if he was actually doing it in a very gentle, like, streamer mode. Like, hey, yeah, welcome, Boward. Uh, come on in, join the Dark Order. 
Um, that, that's a great question. I'll answer it if you join the Dark Order. Go to I wonder if I wonder if that might be a Twitch rule, where um, if it seems like he's promoting a cult or whatever. I don't think so because they've got a lot worse, probably that are way more popular than him. So I don't. Well, think that's the issue. key. More popular. Yeah, I. I don't think he'd get any flack for that. Like, it's not selling an actual service, so they don't really care. And even those who do sell also, an actual service, like... if people are going to be upset about, like, streamers starting a cult, why is PewDiePie still allowed to have a career? Uh, yeah, PewDiePie exactly. streams now exclusively on YouTube. Yeah, well, I mean, who knew that? Because nobody watches streams on YouTube. Uh, I know that because someone tweeted that, someone posted that tweet in my feed that... He is now exclusive to Google. Hooray. Cool, thanks. There's your update on what the kids are watching. Uh, No PewDiePie. Don't hang out with pregnant Elsa. (laughs) Speaking of pregnant Elsa, bro, (laughs) he's still... Brody Lee stole the title from Moxley and then challenged him to a match double or nothing, so um, that's... I'm that's all like the way promos. into this match. I kind of like this promo. Um, I made a comparison that I've kind of felt like if uh, things go south in three weeks, I'm going to compare the Dark Order here to the coronavirus and Brody Lee to Vince McMahon saying, hey, Florida, reopen for the coronavirus. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's going to seem very true at that time. But until then, this was a decent promo talking about, hey... You know, we're beating the shit out of you. Accept my or accept my challenge, and you know, let me take this title off you. This is my target. And Moxie basically saying, "All you do is ask," and then getting his ass kicked. Do you think? Do you think they put the title on Brody? No, I don't think Hell so. No. But I think well, you're going to maybe have. I think I have a finish that makes him shine still, regardless. I mean, I um, I feel like it'd probably be a fucky finish. I don't think you can move the title without a crowd at this point. Um, I think that'd be a mistake. I think Moxie's going to have a very long run, not because he deserves it, but because there's not really a good movement that you can make until we get like attendance back. Well, clearly that's why attendance is going to be back in time for Double or Nothing. <laughs> this kind of does feel to me like putting the title on Bray. You know, like... Maybe yeah. should like maybe Brody Lee should be built up more for, before you put him like directly in a title match. I I get why you yeah. would do this because like it's a big fucking name. You get to say, "Look, it's two WWE guys fighting each other." And like they they both know how to work together and they both know how to put on a good match together. Like I'm sure that from the wrestling standpoint that's going to be a great match, but like I feel like from a story standpoint you could have built this up so much better than just like, "Oh, all right. Well, now this match is going to be in 3 weeks." Yep, precisely. And yeah, it also feels and maybe this is because Moxley hasn't been on TV, but it feels like yeah, he true. hasn't really had much time to interact with the Dark Order like at all. Yeah, it's it feels like they really should have thrown him against like somebody lesser in the Dark Order to start. Hell, fucking put him against Scorpio Sky. Yeah, put him against Scorpio Sky. Put Unless against- you don't want Scorpio Sky to be the first challenger for everyone's belt. Look, that'd be funny, actually. That'd be funny to make Scorpio Sky the challenger for everyone's first, you know, 
defense. Yeah. Cool with it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I yeah, I'm it's a bit worrisome, but I think it'd be a good way to kind of redirect them afterwards, maybe start some more plot points. I, I think you're gonna get some fuckery in that match, and it it won't make it so that Brody Lee can't rechallenge at some point going down the road. I think the problem very much just comes down to like if Brody Lee doesn't win, where do you go from here with Brody? Yeah, I think at that point you gotta get the actual Dark Order tag team involved again and start like them going factional on going after people, like the elite, like they should have been for blood and guts. Yeah. Like, that was the whole point of that storyline, is that they were aiming to take out the Elite. The Inner Circle wasn't doing that. They were busy trying to be the champion, which they're not right now, because they're just raging at the Elite, which, again, I feel like we've mixed roles here, and things are getting a little mixed up. Um, But I guess also, you can't just have Jericho challenge for a rematch. No, you can't. But, same token, there's other things you can have happen there that yeah it's... and they've already done jake hager yes there, there's still other things you can do there that you know don't involve just throwing them against the elite there's other factions they can fight against that maybe are beneath them and they'd be great for building them up you know there's other there's plenty of people in aew like they could go at darby allen and have him build a little faction there, there's so many options i'm not even gonna get into it because it's too much and it's way off topic yeah but, so let's instead get into what else happened tonight on Dynamite. Yeah, exactly. So next up... Oh, uh, God, so, right. There was still a lot more Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, so QT Marshall, uh, that guy, the tag team partner of the guy who threatened to retire, he challenged Lance Archer. I don't Do care. care. No way. Yeah, no. I mean, of course Lance Archer fucking won. He's going for the TNT Championship and is probably going to win it. Um, I do will say they're making his matches too even. That's all I'm going to put there. Um, I do care about the ending, though. Yeah, so we'll talk about that, because I did make it its own separate bullet point. Um, And, yeah, by the way, um, Randy cut a promo on Jake the Snake Roberts. Do you care? This is a very good promo. I I was surprised by how much I really enjoyed Brandy promo. Brandy cuts good promos when she's focused. And especially when somebody's saying stuff really nasty to her basically saying hey jake you know the Rhodes family i'm not the Rhodes family i married into the Rhodes family so you don't fucking know me don't ever fucking talk to me like that also kind of called back into like the nightmare collective shit in a way that sort of made sense yeah she basically said that you know you can trust cody to be the goody two-shoes of the Rhodes family or do what he wants to do for the Rhodes name i kind of do my own thing I do and what it's a needs uneven. to be done. I'm a little uneven. Which... Yeah. Cody's exactly. the hero. I do the so... fucking dirt. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So... I don't... I thought this was a strange thing to be building up, like, Brandy versus Jake the Snake. But yeah, okay, cool. Let's go. I mean, it's just basically... It's a good way to say, hey, get the fuck out of my... Keep me out of the, your promos. And, you know, that that's fine, you know. Like, Cody did that when Jericho referenced his dad. Like, he told everybody, don't fucking do that, please. Um, but the moment here that we're really talking about is mid-match when QT and Archer were fighting. Um, Dr. Britt Baker hits QT with her shoe. 
as she's wont to do. Yep, she's done this before. Brandy doesn't like this, goes up to her, takes her shoe, and chucks it into the upper deck of the Daly's place. And Pretty funny. You know, pretty funny, pretty good. Except after the match, uh, Britt Baker jumps to the railing because you know she's not really a spectator, she is talent, and attacks Brandy, gives her DDT to the outside, which, again, great, great move to choose when you're about to do what you're about to do here, and throws her into the ring and just walks away. Lance Archer sees that and is like, hey, uh, Jake, we got a moment here. And so begins probably my least favorite moment of this entire Dynamite, something that was maybe a little uncomfortable in the wrong ways. Jake goes and grabs a snake, as he's wont to do back in the day when he did this shit. Yeah. He grabs the snake, he drops it on Brandy, he mounts himself over Brandy in a sexual position, does some thrusting with the snake, and drags it over her. We are told that Cody is nowhere nearby to help because of the way the locker rooms are set up with the coronavirus. And that's kind of it. Brandy is humiliated by Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer. It's I just think some Jared classic best- Jake Snick, some classic Jake shit, but also... Maybe the kind of shit that should have stayed in the eighties. Yep, exactly. I it's think like the best I, we all knew. We all knew it was coming when he was gonna mm-hmm. pull out. When he we saw that snake, is like, oh, he's gonna get all phallic with the eighty. He's gonna get all yep. And then, but like honestly, like that fucking the the mounting her, the mounting mm-hmm. her, and then doing like the weird fucking fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin like head bobbing that he was doing. Like, yep. that was just so fucking uncomfortable. And, I, yeah, I get it that, like, he's a heel. We're supposed to want to hate him. But too much. I'm going to say right now that if anybody starts complaining about this show that d- in a way that doesn't involve coronavirus, you might get a bunch of complaints about this moment because it was genuinely not okay in, by modern standards. It was pretty fucking stupid, unnecessary, and... Just degrading in just a way that we've moved past since then. And I think JR unintentionally kind of made the best comment and saying basically, you know, oh, Jake, we used to do this in the 90s. That was the 90s. This is 2020. Don't do this stuff anymore. And yep. something to that extent. And it's like, Jeez, I JR, feel like JR knew what it. he was doing when he said that. Mm hmm. And you know what? If I feel JR with comment of the night with that. Jim Ross, unlikely voice of reason. Yeah, it's like weird. Amazing. He's uh, actually commenting well in that regard. Uh, which is saying a lot for him these days. Jim Ross is fine. He's fine. He was fine tonight. I'm not going to drag him any more than that. Um, but moving on from that, because so I will I don't say think he needs any commentary more oh, did really spend the... I will say commentary did really spend the fucking night, like hammering home like oh no we're really taking this seriously it doesn't look like it we're really taking this seriously though we swear please don't yell at us yeah and we're, we're watching this you're not taking this seriously as you need to be so like i will also yeah, say i never thought i would say this commentary was really missing chris jericho tonight yeah you know like you could replace any one of the three with chris jericho and i mean it would have been a better team Hate to say it, but he's he's gotten to be really good. 
sad but true. But anyway. The final point of the night, and I think I know the answer here, but we're going to ask it anyways. Les Sex Gods. That would be Chris Jericho and Sammy, the Spanish god, Guevara. Uh, fought Kenny Omega and both forms of Matt Hardy in a street fight. Do you care? Yes. Also, yeah, it felt should. like it was three forms of Matt Hardy. It actually kind of did, because... Well, I think it was... We, he switched between both forms, I think, here. And this is weird to say, because this makes no sense without explaining it a bit further. So, Matt Hardy, his broken self, is now being infested by this creature called Damascus. And I don't understand much about it, other than Damascus loves to be super violent and loves biting people. And chopping down on his jaw and things well, like so that. So that's where Shayna Baszler went. You know, I think that's exactly. I think Damascus took a stop with uh, Shayna Baszler before heading over to the Hardy compound. And, yeah, so midway through this match, we'll just call this part out because this is interesting. Matt Hardy, as Damascus, is thrown backstage by Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho comes back to double-team Kenny Omega. Matt Hardy comes out dressed as old V1 type Matt Hardy. Like the, the pants old, and everything. Blue shirts. Yeah, the the cargo black pants, the blue shirt. This was fucking weird. And he's just doing the old moves that the commentary couldn't figure out were like whisper in the wind and you know, yeah, twist of fate. It's, it's the fucking side effect, man. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, side effect. I'm sorry. Whisper in the wind is Jeff's thing. Um but yeah, no, it's like oh, I was calling out Jr. But yes, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, it's like yeah, Jr. None of them were calling the moves properly, but it doesn't matter here. Like this was Matt Hardy. Then Matt Hardy gets thrown into an ice box. Yes, that's where this match kind of goes. It's fucking amazing. You should watch it and also be aghast at how little social distancing is being observed when the whole crowd spills out within one feet of each other, um, just hanging out and yelling and screaming. And they throw him an ice box, and later on, Damascus emerges yet again, robe and all instead of the Hardy look. But also, it's, get- it's weird because he was—he looked different when he came out the first, like when he came out for the match. Like he had like these weird, like kind of black leather tights, and he like did. this whole You're thing. Right. It's and it yeah. makes me wonder. It's like was he being like was that even a different broken persona? Oh, it could be. You're absolutely right. That might be what they intended, or it's hard to say for sure. But. Like, I don't understand this fucking Matt Hardy thing that they're doing, is what I'm trying to say. I'm into it. The, what the fuck is this? Welcome to the last five years of my life where I don't understand anything about Matt Hardy. And yet, people seem to be really into it, so it's like, fuck it, cool. The only um, thing I want to call he, out... At least then there was just one Matt Hardy. Now there's three. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> the only thing I want to call out about this match is... Pineapple Pete... Uh, mm-hmm. Did not do the delete sign. Pineapple Pete did the thing that you're not supposed to do and had his palm fully out and pointed upwards. I thankfully did not see this moment, so I'm glad you caught it. It was all I was... It's all I ever looked for during his entrances now. <laughs> Come on, you do it with one finger. You do it with one finger to the side. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. Again... Come on, Matt, you literally, there was no crowd here. You literally had the opportunity to change it into a uh, non-bad hand gesture. He pointed he it could down. Do anytime he wants. Um, but yeah, so 
the reason they did that whole thing too is Pineapple Pete, uh, also known as Sugar Dunkerton, is going to be fighting Chris Jericho next week, and he's going to lose, obviously. I'm so This is actually for legitimately a long-term feud they've been building up. And I hate to say that's actually the case, but... I'm so excited I, for this. The way that they were... <laughs> fucking Shug tried to throw a punch at Jericho at the beginning, and Jericho yep. threatens him with the bat sting style. Yep, sure did. Um, but yeah, this is all street fight. This is... This was a hectic match, and they used the whole area, despite the whole lack of proper precautions for coronavirus and all that stuff. Used all, the whole freaking Daly's place, spilling out towards the football arena very well. Like, you start to understand where everything is in this whole stadium, and it's kind of fucking amazing. It's really cool. Um, it's a wild brawl. It was a lot of entertain- It was the most entertaining match of the night by far. Um, had a blast watching it. Um, would have had more of a blast if, um, you know, weren't for the whole, again, this doesn't seem smart in this current time we live in. Everything but on the show is uncomfortable. Not in, those, not in the way that the Jake segment was uncomfortable, but uncomfortable. Yep, different type of uncomfortable. But we did at least get to see Matt Hardy in a golf cart running over Chris Jericho, then running over Sammy Guevara, then running over Chris Jericho again. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the second time with Kenny Omega in the golf cart as well, screaming to hit them. So, it, it was it was such good, and also the moment where as Damascus he's yelling, "Cameraman, witness, you know what I'm about to do." And Jared's like, "What do you think the cameraman's there for?" We're <laughs> on television. <laughs> yeah, we're on television, pal. <laughs> Which again, very Matt Hardy moment. Uh, the big twist here is that oh hey the new york guys um apparently we're just letting him come to florida despite the fact they're in the hotbed of the coronavirus um private party was in the crowd and proud and powerful were secretly there at the arena they sneak attack the entire inner circles there uh the um the young bucks weren't there Pangman wasn't there so naturally more of attrition on street fight inner circle wins they do a table spot on Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho pins Kenny, and at the end of the show, over the big display at the football stadium, we have Inner Circle as they give middle fingers to the camera. It's going to be a good moment they reuse. Fun match. That was a really fucking cool shot. I hope nobody dies. Yeah, I hope nobody dies in three weeks because this will be a good moment to retain otherwise. Yeah, it'll be real fun when this is the last cool thing that we ever see from this company because someone got coronavirus and the entire wrestling industry ended. I do have just some breaking AEW news. Okay. Okay. AEW got fined $10,000 by the Maryland State Athletic Commission over the Moxley Omega Lights Out match. Really? Yeah. What part of it wasn't okay? Um, I'm just reading through. Um, the following actions are prohibited. Unsportsmanlike or physically dangerous conduct and deliberately lacerating oneself or one's opponent or by any other means introducing human or animal blood into the ring. Okay, so basically you're not supposed to use like barbed wire spider webs in America. Got it. Or just in Maryland. Yeah, you know what? 10000 for that I think is a decent price to pay. Look, as to to fully steal a comment on here that I read, 
AEW paid $10,000 for the ability to promote all Lights Out matches going forward is, yo, this shit's going to get really real here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're actually going to yep. get fined for doing this, and this is why they're Lights Out and can't count towards the official record, because they're completely unsanctioned. And, oh yeah, we can also throw down Japanese death matches better than anybody else outside of Japan. Hell, better than most people within Japan. Yeah, that too. Like, if only there was a way for us to know who really was the best at death matches. Oscar, I'm not going to the road with you right now. It's it's weird. This is not the time to be talking about like bloodletting. Just a notion. Speaking Luther's of running out of time, time, Luther's having a good time hanging out in his fucking uh, cul-de-sac. Just let him alone. Yeah, I was going to say, just as a complete aside now, I'm thinking about that. Isn't it weird that the first sight we've seen of Luther for a while is him being on a show called Thank You for Being a Friend? No, that sounds very Luther. I did not know that he was on that. Yeah, he was on that. And I've not watched the whole thing because it's pretty cringeworthy because Justin Roberts doesn't do a great job and the feed is pretty shit. But Luther seems like a chill dude. So I probably will watch it eventually. But... I'd like more interesting stuff to look over. Speaking of more interesting stuff, uh, what's going what? on? More interesting stuff. Elsewhere on Trace? the what's going you're on elsewhere to... on the network? Oscar, you're trying so hard for these goddamn segues at this point. I'm starting to get a little offended. Yeah, you need <laughs> to just stop. <laughs> I'm I'm going up there to yank away your. I'm not actually going up there to yank away your license. You keep your license, goddamn. You can't get across the border. Yeah, you're right. I can't get across the border. That's why I'm saying you keep your damn license. God damn it. You need to be stopped, Oscar. You need to be stopped. Trace, what cool things do you have going on that you're doing instead of watching these things? Well, you know, it's funny you should ask, John, because I'm just going to go into my plugs before we talk about the network here. Because um, I ain't doing any of this shit that is listed here. But you can catch me on Twitter at PSEG. That's uh, not the power company. That's a completely different person. That'd be me. Um, what charitable events have you done recently, Trace? Uh, charitable events? Uh, the ultimate charity. Sort. Give Trace subscribers so that more people watch us murder people on Thursdays as part of the Smarksman. I don't know. If last Thursday's anything to go by, we're not murdering enough people. Yeah, that's true. But also, don't give me subscribers on Twitch. I don't need your Bezos bucks. Just give it to someone else cool and, uh, like, you know, maybe these two. And just follow me on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash PeaceEgg, P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G. Um, we do Fortnite Thursdays. I do forts on Fridays. Other than that, I've been running some random other stuff. It's it's wild. Hooray! Oscar? John? Wait, plug your shit. Oh, I thought you were, were going to plug... Casual Friday, Owen and John do money in the bank prediction. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it when you're done. I I, I was going to... Twitter.com slash Song of the Great. Twitch.tv slash the Song of the Great. Um, Instagram at the Song of the Great. I forgot what other social media sites existed for a second. If you search any other social media under Osaga the Great, you'll probably find Oscar. Yeah, that's true. And I rock so hard I had to put it in the URL. No, that's someone else. Osaka the Great that rocks. <laughs> now I gotta buy that website. Yes you do. 
Got him. I'm so bothered. I'm so bothered by everything that's happened here. <laughs> Y'all. You can, also, you can also give me money at eng.1966 at yahoo.ca on PayPal. That is, once again, eng.1966 at yahoo.ca on PayPal. Pay the man. Pay the man so that he'll stop fucking drinking on the show. <laughs> I, I actually, my white claw's still full. Yeah, how about the other shit you've been drinking? I didn't drink today. I've only drunk milk. Likely story. Maybe he needs yeah, to be drinking milk. his thing. I've been your host, John Garrett, Max. We can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Twitter love... John GM. <laughs> you gonna finish the sentence? I love milk. <laughs> cool. Instagram and I am John GM. <laughs> Twitch at video underscore shames. Venmo at I am John. <laughs> no pay of the man? Okay. No pay of the man. Um, pay I mean, the man. It turns out there's a whole bunch of ways you could pay the man, though, because uh, you should check out the website that we've run. It's prowrestling.cool. Y'all come back now, you hear? No, shut the fuck up! God damn! We paid the man! No! I got to promote the other shit! Oh. I said I was getting back to it. God damn. Y'all, check out ProWrestling.cool. Casual Friday is coming back this week. Owen and I are going to, uh, we predicted uh, Money in the Bank. So we're going to run down the car from there, give you all the prediction and everything. And, of course... Uh, go to patreon.cool this weekend for just $5. You will get the review for Money in the Bank in addition to all of our other Patreon exclusive pay-per-view reviews that we do. So, yeah. Y'all excited to review Double or Nothing in a couple weeks? No. No. But I'm going to cover it anyways. Hooray! I might actually not cover it because I can't afford the 60 bucks. If that's the case, then I can cover it on my own. I'll let you know. I will also watch this trace, so we'll we can do it. We will cover it together. It will depend on uh, if I get government money. I'd like don't spend your government money. money. Don't spend your government money on pay per views. Spend it on yourself. I mean, to be fair, it would be on myself because I get enjoyment from watching the pay per view. Needs and necessities, my friend. Like Look, where where on the hierarchy of needs is all elite wrestling? I'd say I'd say that's the top of the pyramid. I'd say it's slightly outside the pyramid, just outside Daly's place, right by the football stadium. I wanted to say Pavlov's pyramid of needs, but I knew that that wasn't it. It's uh Maslow's. Whatever. Maslow should be Pavlov. This Get him a fucking 20... dog. And name that dog fucking Koki. <laughs> of the worst podcast on the internet. If this is not if if we're not canceled after this week, then nothing will cancel us. This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit Zonecast.com for more shows. 